Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Father, we thank you for your greatness. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, for your love and peace. And God, we just declare it over each and every one that's watching now, the ones that have gathered here today. God, we give you honor and praise. God, your name is the name above all names. And we give you all the praise today, God. And we trust in you. And we're believing in you right now just to speak, God, and accomplish your purpose and your plan for what you would want to do in a time like this. We declare it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Let's give a hand to our praise team today. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate all your help today. Great job reminding us that God is great. Well, I want to thank you for being here. We have a few people that have gathered. And I want to thank you for the ones that are uh, live streaming now and watching the service. And uh, just trusting that God will accomplish His will during this time together over the next few minutes. I do believe God has a word for us today. I know over the uh, last week we started our series, Kingdoms, and uh, after seeking the Lord and praying about some things, I know the Lord released me to have a break uh, from what we had been studying in the Bible there with Judges, and I felt the Lord really wanted me to take time to speak into what we're all facing uh, today as a church, and, and a word that would bring encouragement and a word that would bring hope to all of us uh, in light of everything that's going on around us. So I've titled this message today, Fearless Living in Fearful Days. Fearless Living in Fearful Days. I think all of us could agree right now that we're seeing events take place that we thought that we would probably never see or witness in our lifetime. It's unreal the things that are unfolding and around us uh, just in the last few days. Uh, these events that are happening are, are happening at a rapid pace. And the things that are going on all around us are, are causing a lot of people uh, to panic and a lot of people to be overcome by fear. So the Lord had really laid on my heart today about sharing a message to you that will hopefully encourage us, especially people who are uh, living in fear right now, people who are panicking right now. There's a recent study uh, that was done uh, by the Billy Graham Association that shows that over 70% of the people in America right now have a crisis in their life. Over 70% of the people in America have a crisis in their life. And this is before uh, this coronavirus outbreak and other things that are taking place. And I'm sure many of you are gathered here today and, and there's a crisis in your life. And crisis can cause us to panic and crisis can cause us to live in fear. And so America right now is in a crisis. 
America's in a crisis, the world is in a crisis, and you may be in a crisis today yourself. You may be going through a tough time in your life. We all have these times when we go through crisis. All we have to do is look at the headlines today, the headlines all across the world, everything that you tune into, whether it be a newspaper, television, any device, you're going to see the headlines is the coronavirus. And the coronavirus is just creating fear that people are going to uh, be sick and it's going to spread and, and there's going to be just uh, mayhem and a lot of death. You see people that are fearing an economic collapse right now because of the things that are going on with the economy. So people are worried about their jobs. People are worried if the economy is going to stay stable or if it's going to collapse and not only those crises that are going on, but even the crises that we've experienced over the last several weeks across our nation, the recent uh, tornadoes that were experienced in Tennessee. There, there's people, I want you to know today, there's people all over the nation that are in crisis today. Entire families there in Tennessee that are dead because of the tornadoes. People who have lost everything. People are in a crisis today. People have lost everything they've worked for all their life, and in 30 seconds, everything is gone. People are in crisis. People are in crisis. There's people today right here in our own community that are crying in pain and heartbreak because they're preparing to bury their children that they didn't expect to pass away. And I'm referring to the UMO students who were tragically involved in that automobile accident on Friday morning. There's people that are dealing with crisis all around us. I received a prayer request last night about a family that is in crisis because their loved ones there in their home are drinking and drugging themselves to death and the family's just sitting there watching it slowly happen. People are in crisis People right now all around us are living in a nightmare, living in crisis. People are afraid. People are afraid because they don't know what's going to happen next. People are afraid uh, because they're not sure what to do next. And we're living in a sick and scary world and people are responding by panicking and because they're in a panic mode, they've been overcome with fear. And that's how the world is responding. So how should the church respond? How, how should we as God's people, how should we respond in times of crisis? Uh, do we join the world and do we hit the panic button? Do we ignore that there's a real health crisis going on around us? Do we, do we ignore there's a, a pandemic going on around us? Do we isolate ourselves from the world? Do, do we join in with the doomsday preppers and do we find ourselves down in a hazmat container and we just hold out until the world comes to an end? How, how should the church respond when the world around us is in a crisis? Well, let me tell you how God wants us to respond. He wants us to respond in a different way than the world responds. And God wants us to respond. He wants his followers of Christ to respond with faith, with faith in times of crisis. He wants us to respond with faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 5, 7 that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible, the Bible tells us and commands us to live by faith and not by fear. 
In John chapter 14, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to verse 27. It was a time in the lives of the followers of Christ when they were facing a crisis. And during that time when when they're going through this time of crisis, Jesus begins to speak to them. And listen to what he says in John 14 verse 27. Jesus is speaking to them as they go into this time of crisis. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says, listen, don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And he's reminding us today, the Lord Jesus Christ is reminding us today that when we go through crisis, friend, we can have his peace. We we don't have to be shaken. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to fall all apart. We don't have to freak out. We, We can have the peace of God. We can have the peace of God when we go through trials and we go through crisis. He's encouraging us, don't let your heart be troubled and don't be afraid. And he's reminding us that we can live fearlessly in fearful times. I love what Paul says in 2 Thessalonians. I was reading this this past week and the Lord began to kind of speak to me and stir me from this verse here. But in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, Paul is warning the believers. He's warning those followers of Christ. He says, listen, I'm talking to you about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming back, Paul says. He's coming back. And there's going to be these major events that are going to occur right before the Lord comes back. And Paul, he goes on to warn them, I'm telling you these things so you'll be prepared. And when they begin to happen, they won't throw you into a state of panic and you won't live the rest of your lives in fear. He says, so I'm warning you, be ready. When you see these major events taking place, don't let them shake you. Don't let them worry you. Don't be overcome by panic, and don't be overcome with fear. Listen to what he says here in 2 Thessalonians. He says, now, brethren, that's the church. He says, now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, We ask you, listen to this, not to be soon shaken, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Paul says, listen, don't let these things, don't let the news, don't let the events, don't let none of this shake you. He's reminding them that these events are going to happen before Jesus comes back and he's telling us, he says, listen, they're going to take place But you don't have to shake in fear. You don't have to waver in fear. And you sure don't have to walk in fear. And he's reminding us this today. And he's telling us in this word here that we need to resist the temptation to panic. We need to resist the temptation to be overcome by fear when we see these events taking place all around us. Paul was telling us, he's saying you can walk. You can walk in faith having peace of mind. And listen, you can have the peace of mind in the most stressful times, in the most difficult times. It don't matter what you're going through, friend. Even in this sin, sick, scary world, you can walk in faith and you can have the peace of God. I love hearing these words. It says, Paul used the word troubled. It's the same word that Jesus used in the verse that I just shared with you. That word troubled that Jesus uses and the word that troubled that Paul uses is a word that means an inward fright. 
And Paul was saying, listen, these events are going to occur and it's going to be an indicator and signs that Jesus is soon coming, uh, will be here. And listen, these things are going to take place and they're going to be so shocking and they're going to be so severe that people can be easily overcome and devoured by panic and fear and worry. And my God, don't we see that today? We see it today. And I love how one Bible scholar took this passage of scripture and he broke down those Greek words and he just come out with this statement here and I wanted to read it to you what 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, his translation from in the Greek, it says these words here. Some things will be happening right before the coming of the Lord that could shake you up quite a bit. I'm referring to events that will be so dramatic that they could really leave your head spinning. Occurrences such a serious nature that many will end up feeling alarmed, panicked, intimidated, and even unnerved. Naturally speaking, these events could nearly drive you over the brink emotionally, putting your nerves on edge and making you feel apprehensive and insecure about life. People there without hope. I wish I could tell you these incidents were going to just be a one-shot deal, but Paul's saying this, but when they finally get to rolling, they're going to keep coming and coming and coming one after another. That's why you have to determine not to be shaken or moved by anything you see or hear. You need to get a grip on your mind and refuse to allow yourselves to be traumatized by these events. If you let these things get to you, it won't be long until you're a nervous wreck. So decide now beforehand that you're not going to give in and allow fear to worm its way into your mind and emotions until it runs your whole life. That was this translator's rendition of what Paul shared there in 2 Thessalonians. Listen, I want to just tell you this right here. Paul urges us not, don't listen, don't be shaken. I'm here to tell you today, church, don't let the events that you see going on around you, don't let them shake you. Don't let them bother you. Instead, we need to uh, let the Lord control our mind and control our hearts. Listen, if you allow fear to grip your heart, it's going to rob you. It's going to rob you of peace. It's going to rob you of victory. And listen, the only way that you need to respond is you need to respond in faith, trusting in Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do. We need to respond in faith by trusting in Jesus Christ. We need to respond. Listen, we need to resist fear. We need to respond in faith and we need to stand on the promises of God. We need to trust in the promises of God. Amen. Listen, you can respond in faith today. You can respond in faith today because our God is in control. I know things seem to be spinning out of control, but I can assure you and promise you, friend, the word of God tells us that our God, he's in control. And we can respond in faith today because our God has a plan and God is working. We can respond in faith today because our God is a way maker. We can respond in faith today because our God is for us and not against us. We can respond in faith today because God promises to be with us in the storms of life. Aren't you thankful today that no matter what we have to go through, that we can stand and respond in faith because God said, I will never leave you nor abandon you. I'm going to be with you to the very end. He's going to be with us in the storms. We can respond in faith today because God fills us with power. 
Listen, when we become weak and weary and we feel like we're about to give up because of the discouragement that comes our way, friend, listen, you can respond in faith because God will give you power to keep going. And we can respond in faith because God has not given us the spirit of fear. We can respond in faith because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. And listen to me, friend. We don't need to respond in fear. If people would just tune off the news media, they're pushing for panic, they're promoting panic. If some of God's people would just start opening up God's word and standing on the promises of God's word, people would stop freaking out. Well, praise the Lord. God help us today to make sure that we don't walk around afraid We're not called to be afraid. We're not called to panic. We're not called to worry. We're called to live by faith. And we're called to trust in Jesus. So our response as a church needs to be in faith. And the church also needs to respond with hope. Romans 15, 13 says this, may the God of hope, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace and as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear what I just read? He says, the God of hope, God is our source of hope. And he says, I want you to overflow with hope, not be overcome with fear, not be overcome with panic, not be overcome by discouragement. He says, no, I'm the God of hope and I want you to be filled and I want you to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that God is our source of hope. People are not our source of hope. This building is not our source of hope. No political party is our source of hope. Listen, your your spouse, your wife, your husband, your children, they're not your source of hope. Your job is not your source of hope. Your money is not your source of hope. Friend, God is your source of hope. He's your source of hope. And our trust is in him, hallelujah. The psalmist said in Psalm 62, five, he says, find rest, O my soul, And man, what a word for us today. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone, my hope comes from him. I, I pray today that you're responding in hope because God is our source. Listen, God's people should be the most hopeful people that are walking around. We should be walking around with hope, not, not walking around declaring the sky's falling and it's all about the end. No, we walk around with hope because we know that Jesus is soon coming. So we walk around with hope today. In church, when people are in a crisis, and people are, many people are, and they're going, they're going to respond by panicking and they're going to respond in fear. The Bible tells us that. You read Luke. He tells us that people's hearts will be overcome by fear. But when people are going through crisis and when people are overcome by fear, the church must respond by offering them hope, by offering them hope. We're living in a day, and there's some exciting times around us. I know it's some unusual times, some uncertain times, but at the same time, there's opportunities all around us for us to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to share the gospel, to offer hope to somebody. People in need, people that are going through a crisis, they need to be reminded that Jesus loves them and that he will help them. When people are going through crisis, they need to be reminded that Jesus loves them and that Jesus will help them. 
people need to be reminded there's hope. I know for me personally that at one of the lowest times of my life, when I was going through crisis, and I seemed like it's just it seemed like to me there was no way for anything to change and no way to get out of what I was going through. Someone came to me and offered me hope. Someone showed up and offered me hope. I'll be forever grateful for Pastor Doug Bartlett who came and offered me an encouraging message of hope to remind me that things can change. Things can change in your life if you'll surrender everything to Jesus. And friend, I surrendered my life to Jesus and I gave my life to him and from that day on, I've always had hope and I will always have hope because I have Jesus. But I'm telling you this, friend, that when you're at the lowest place of your life and you're going through a crisis and you're at the bottom and you don't know if there's any way things can change, you don't know if there's any way out, I'm just telling you, friend, when somebody can come alongside of you and offer you hope, it just really picks you up and lifts you up, not to give up, not to quit. There is a chance for me. And a lot of people around us today are in that crisis. And they need somebody to come to them and offer them hope. Hope is powerful, especially when people are going through low times. And so I want to just remind the church today, listen to me, please, listen to my heart. We need to be messengers of hope. The Lord's called us to be ambassadors of Christ. And we need to be messengers of hope. And we need to be careful. We need to be careful how we respond to people when they're going through a crisis. You will never spread hope. You will never share hope when you beat somebody down who's already down as about as low as they can go. You will never share hope that way. And that's why, church, we need to be light. We, we need to be light in this dark time. We need to be light in these fearful times. We need to be hopeful. We need to be encouraging. We need to be willing to help people who are panicking and going through a crisis. We need to be willing to help them because people everywhere People everywhere are looking for hope today because they're afraid, they're nervous, they're panicking, they're worrying, and they're hopeless. And, and Christians, all, every one of us should be hope dealers. We should be spreading hope everywhere we go. We hear about this uh, potential spreading of the virus, but to me, friend, God's people ought to be spreading the love of God faster than any virus is moving. We ought to be spreading hope. We ought to be spreading love all across this world. We should be spreading the good news. Every one of us who claim to be followers of Christ, we need to take an opportunity in this time that we live in and we need to spread hope. We need to respond with hope. We need to share the good news. And the good news is John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the good news that we can share today. The good news that we can share is our only hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in nothing else, friend. Listen, our only hope today is in Jesus Christ. And that's why we need to stay focused on him. That's why we need to look to him, not, not look to the news and not look to social media. And listen, set your mind on heavenly things. Set your heart and set your mind on Jesus. Because when you do that, he'll give you peace. Listen, you're never going to resist fear if you're constantly just allowing all this uh, junk 
to come in. Listen, I'm not minimizing what's going on, but I'm just telling you, friend, there's a push for people to panic, and you gotta be careful what you allow into your, your ears and your eyes. You need to stand on the word of God, and don't be overwhelmed, and don't be overcome by the things going on around you. Is it gonna be a battle to respond in faith instead of fear? Yes, it is. It's gonna be a battle. Is it gonna be a battle to respond in hope instead of panic? Yeah, it's gonna be a battle. But I love what the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Our victory comes through Jesus Christ. My Bible tells me that we will not be overcome by evil. My Bible tells me that we don't belong to those who shrink back and who are destroyed, but we belong to those who have faith and who are saved. My Bible tells me the Lord is our helper and we will not be afraid. My Bible tells me I will not be shaken because God is right beside me. My Bible tells me that God is for me and not against me. My Bible tells me that we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed. My Bible tells me we're perplexed but not in despair. We're gonna be persecuted but not abandoned Struck down but not destroyed. My Bible tells me when I see all these events for me to look up with hope because my redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you, over the last several weeks and even this past week, just hour by hour, things have been changing. But I'm grateful that Jesus never changes. Same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And you can trust in him that he's going to help you. But I know uh, last night, I don't know how much sleep I got, but I can tell you it won't much. It was just a few minutes. And this morning, I was preparing to come here and to share, and I knew it was going to be different. And it breaks my heart. It really does. It breaks my heart. And I want my church family to know that I love you and that we're praying for you, and we hope all of you will be safe and thank you for your prayers. We're praying for you, but thank you for your prayers and patience as well. And we know God is going to see us through this. But I was asking the Lord this morning, Lord, you know, I, I didn't rest hardly at all, and there was not much sleep. And, and he, right there while I was studying, he says, you know what? You've been sleeping long enough. You've been sleeping long enough, and the church has been sleeping long enough, and, and sinner, you've been sleeping long enough, and it's time for the church to wake up. And it's time for you, sinner, to wake up and realize that Jesus is coming back. He's coming back, and I plead with you, friend, listen, I'm here today. We put all this together so we can come and tell you that he's coming back. There's events going on around us that point to his return, and I'm just telling you, whether you believe it or not, he's going to come, and you need to be ready. You need to wake up. You need to wake up. God, help the church to wake up today. Help us to respond in faith and respond with hope. Help the sinner to wake up and realize that they need to make things right with you today, Lord. Wake them up, God. Wake them up. I want to ask you right now, whoever you are listening online, listen, are you trusting in Jesus? Are you trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? Have you been to him? Have you made a decision to go to Christ and ask him to forgive you of your sins? Friend, I'm, listen to me. 
I know what a lot of people are saying right now. Well, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll make that decision later. Right now is just not a good time for me to give my life to Christ. And listen, I just want to remind you, do you think that those students from UMO uh, thought they were going to die Friday morning? Do you think those folks that were in that neighborhood there in Tennessee when that tornado came through and completely annihilated and, and wiped out families, do you think they woke up that morning thinking that they were going to die? Friend, listen, I'm not trying to create fear in your life. I'm telling you the truth, and the Bible says that there's no promise for tomorrow. Your life is like a mist of vapor, gone. And the question is, are you ready to go into eternity? Do you know Jesus Christ? The Bible tells us that when you pass away because death is appointed to all and judgment will follow, when you die, friend, you're going to go into eternity and there's a place called heaven and there's a place called hell. And I'm preaching the truth to you today, friend. Listen, without Christ, if you continue to willfully reject him and turn from him, friend, hell is in your future. And we don't want anybody to go to hell. We want people to go to heaven and you go to heaven by surrendering your life to Jesus. And you can do that right there where you are. You can just bow there. You can just call on the Lord. Listen, the truth is every one of us here today, every one of us have been infected with a virus called sin. And Jesus is the only cure. And the good news, he came and he died on a cross he shed his blood. He shed his blood so our sins could be washed away and we could be forgiven. He died on the cross for you. They put him in a grave and three days later he was raised back to life and he conquered death, hell and the grave and because Jesus is alive, the Bible says that you can live forever too. But it all hinges on this. Will you repent of your sins? Will you repent and turn from your sins and turn to Christ and trust in him? to be your Savior and to be your Lord. Right there where you are, you can make that decision right now. I want to pray with you. I want to pray right now that maybe you need to get things right in your heart with the Lord. Maybe you've been shaken and you're overcome by fear and you're not sure about your soul. You're not sure where you'll spend eternity. Friend, I'm pleading with you right now. I'm pleading with you. People are praying right now for you. Don't waste another breath. Please hear me. There's going to be a day, friend, that you're going to stand before the Lord. The Bible says that every knee will bow. Why don't you bow to him right now? And just say, Jesus, this virus of sin has infected me and I need the cure. I need the cure. And I know you're the only one that can save me. You're the only one that can forgive me. You're the only one that can rescue me. Lord, I'm in a crisis. And it's never going to change until I get my heart right with you. So I admit to you right now, Lord, that I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you to come, Lord, to wash me, cleanse me, make things new in my life. I want to receive you. I want to make a decision right now to give my life to you. 
So I bow and I say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me, taking my place. I deserved it, but you took my place. Thank you for the work of the cross. Oh my, thank you for the cross. He demonstrated his love to you, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for you on the cross. Thank you for the cross, but Lord, I thank you for that empty grave. They put you in it, Lord, but we know that you were raised back to life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And because you lived as a promise for us that we can have victory and we can have new life, eternal life, so I give everything to you right now. I surrender. And I'm not going to be shaken anymore because now, Lord, I stand on you, Lord. I trust in you, Lord. I declare with my mouth right now, the Bible says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you too shall be saved. And friend, the gift of eternal life is right before you right now. What will you do? Will you receive it or you, will you reject it? I pray right now in this time that we live in that right there where you are that you'll receive Christ into your life. Just call on him right now. Put your faith in him because, friend, everything else that you have trusted in, I can promise you, is sinking sand. And the one that you need to stand on from now forevermore is Christ Jesus, our rock. In Jesus' name.